on last week's episode. Oh wait, there wasn't one. Why? Well, you better listen up. You are listening to Peer Nova's Chain in the Valley, where we discuss all things blockchain and DLT over our morning coffee. Here are your hosts, Sonia and Navid. Welcome to episode five. This is getting serious. Episode five of Chain in the Valley. I'm Naveed and I'm here with my co-host Sonia. Hey everyone. You may have noticed that we were not here last week. There was no episode. I know most of you were probably crying, upset. There was a very good reason for it, right? We were at... Synchronized. (laughs) So we actually have a fantastic episode coming up, uh, which was all around a synchronized event in New York, uh, which was a great event. We had a a bunch of really, really great conversations. Uh, So please stay tuned for that. And uh, let's get started. Did you have fun in New York? I did. It was my first time ever, which was awesome. Um, And the conference was great, too. There was so much enthusiasm and knowledge with everyone there. So I was excited. I I like knowledge. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I was loving the traffic, but... No, no. Let's just say I'm never going to complain about Bay Area traffic again. Amen. Yeah, and I love how people love to use the horn there in New York. It's like like a rite of passage. It is. You can't drive unless you do that. So It's a form of conversation. It is. It is. So... Today's episode, we're very, very excited to have none other than Mr. Mark Radakio, who is our uh, customer success uh, director. Mike is actually a New York native. I am. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me on the pod, guys. Yeah, welcome. So before we dive into this exciting topic, would you be able to give our listeners a brief rundown of your experience? Sounds good, Sonia. So as mentioned, I'm the director of customer success here at Pernova. So I'm one of a handful of people out of our New York office right now doing uh, business development. Uh, But my main role is to have responsibility for looking after our current clients and making sure they get as much value out of our solutions as as they can. Uh, So a bit about my background prior to Piernova. I spent about seven years at Triana, which is a post-trade messaging firm uh, where I ran the professional services team for the Americas. Prior to that, I spent about 10 years at Summit Systems in product development. So I consider myself a capital markets, largely post-trade, vendor side guy, as a general description, right? Uh, So I spent a lot of time in the weeds uh, of various products and workflows, really across all asset classes. So I feel that that over 20 years of experience really uh, gives me a great perspective when discussing and designing new workflows with clients to, to truly transform capital markets. That's awesome. And again, welcome. So you were also a blogger because Correct. you recently posted a blog post on our corporate blog medium and the title was Knowledge, Wisdom, and Event Lineage. So I thought it was a really great read and supplements this episode really well. So, so Mike, give us a little rundown about... Um... Uh, the blog post, maybe. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who haven't read the blog post, this was all about event lineage. And this is uh, something very unique to our Kineoform platform. And I think some of our listeners may be uh, familiar with data lineage to some extent. Um, But this is event lineage. And I'd love for you to kind of give us a quick rundown of what that was all about and why should we, what should our listeners get 
never mind us. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a great place to start in the read. So my take on event lineage is that it's uh, functionality developed by Piranova really as part of the, our cuneiform platform. But essentially, it's a mechanism to connect versions of a transaction, okay? Versions can mean any, like, there can be an economic change to a transaction or trade. There can be a non-economic change. They have different meanings. Um, you can, um, it can mean a change to a life cycle status via some sort of life, life cycle changing event. It can mean a change to really any status on the trade, and there are multiple statuses on a particular trade, right? So it's really the mapping of these changes graphically for our clients to view so that uh, an extremely clear picture of that transaction is shown and can easily be understood, okay? So importantly, and, and this is where I believe the full value comes across, is that this is done across applications and databases inside the financial or external to the financial institution. So, Mike, we, we're what we're trying to do with the podcast, as you know, is we're trying to get away from technical details and focus more on value propositions, yes. right? So... Explain to, to our listeners why and who this is particularly for, uh, particularly why should anyone care about what happened and when, um, and maybe you can give us an example of how useful this could be. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so I, I really believe the benefits of a event lineage are, are numerous. Uh, the fact is that major banks, the ones left standing after multiple mergers and acquisitions, have thousands of applications and databases that, that run these institutions. It's, it's really massive and eye-opening. Uh, some have, will have different versions of the same app in different geographic regions. Uh, I've seen that a number of times. It's very difficult to upgrade these core banking systems, just massive uplift efforts. Um, so I think it, it gets to be very difficult to get to a standardized view into the transaction lifecycle because you're hopping across different systems and different views, different UIs per se. So these systems functionally work though, right? Markets operate, trades get settled, cash gets paid. It's important to note that piece of it, but they're not necessarily efficient, right? Many processes are end of day, they're not real time. Many jobs exist solely to run reconciliation or matching between data sets uh, and to manually resolve the tasks uh, and the breaks. It's error-prone and, again, very manual. So as a user, you may need to log in and search, you know, all these different apps, right? And I'll, I'll give you a quick example. In the Please. Day. So you might get a call from a client, uh, and they might ask you, hey, I, I don't see a particular confirmation for trade XYZ. What happened? Where is it? You know, end-of-day cutoff is approaching. You know, I want to I want to wrap my stuff up. I want my books to be clean. So then the hunt begins to, to see where the messaging failed. So what system do I even start to look in? I may start in a confirmation system, move up the stack to middle office, might log into various applications, and all the while I'm entering trade XYZ into various UIs and getting nothing back. Um, so system after system, you just can't find it. So you go back to the client, you might say, hey, I'm still looking. They might be on your case. They're calling. They're on the phone as you're doing this. So it's, it's very intensive. Right, and it's the investigative process is, is great and complicated. Um, so you may ultimately find out that okay, this was executed by my front office after a conversation, but there was a problem with the vendor feed coming in, and they had some issue. I never received a drop copy of that trade to kickstart my sort of daisy chained processing down the line. 
resulting in the lack of a confirmation where the client saw that. So that's just a quick example um, of the proof of what I view as event lineage value proposition. To be able to see that graphically real time is inc just incredibly powerful. Um, we're not just talking about the states of data itself. We're talking about the functions that were applied to the data as well, right? Exactly, exactly. And I view this as the, the actual status of the transaction, right? The, in my view, there are three main components when you start talking about messaging through the various applications to get from a client order through execution all the way down through middle and back office to finally settle these transactions. Uh, and that is the economics of the trade. Obviously, that's very important. Um, there's IDs, which you need to, uh, that are not always persistent throughout the life cycle of these systems, but every system is going to have its own unique ID, so you have to figure that out. And then finally, you have the statuses, which actually tell you the state of that particular transaction. Lifecycle status, acknowledgement status, clearing status. So I, I could go on and on and on. But the collection of those statuses are really what tells you what state this particular trade is in at a given point in time. And that's really the truth and, and the wisdom that you're kind of looking for. So for a person who's looking for that kind of information, like mm -hmm. I loved your example of something that could potentially go wrong mm -hmm. and then somebody has to figure out what went wrong and right. how it went wrong, right? right? So today that's extremely manual. Uh, you'd have to probably uh, be some kind of a wizard, for <laughs> lack of a better expression, to figure out where to go, where to get all the answers, right. to kind of put it all together. But this allows you to um, rather seamlessly, right, to mm -hmm. build this lineage around a transaction where at any point you'd be able to kind of play back this series of events mm -hmm. and functions that occurred on top of that piece of data to know exactly how you ended up where you ended up. Correct. Exactly. And that instantaneous real-time view is critical. And the ability to take automated steps off of that is also important. Right? I want to stress the fact that what event lineage allows you to do is if, in fact, you do have a break, the system can automatically sort of backwards traverse through the, the lineage to say, this is the point in time and this is a particular system where the data diverged or where there was a difference in the data. That can allow us to take sort of an RPA process and to call certain APIs that would provide some of the golden source aspects of the data to potentially fix this upstream. So what you end up with is sort of an autonomous uh, cycle and, and circle to actually cleanse data real time as it comes in. Uh, that's, that's amazing, yes. yeah. I was reading an article and it said that some exceptions can take hundreds of people working on them to solve and it can take weeks or months. So it's amazing to think that it could go from that time to real time. Yes. So. We usually talk about this from two different points of view. So as this lineage is, is being built, imagine a, a series of 10 steps. Mm -hmm. Well, chronologically, step one through 10, so from that direction, this would be very useful from an operations person, like you described. Somebody yes. can look back uh, from you know the genesis to the state that it's in now and say, ah, I can identify where things have gone wrong. But this is also very important from a regulator pers perspective mm -hmm. as well, right? Absolutely. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about the reverse 
look into this from step 10 through step one. If somebody wanted to figure out what, you know, say you took a position or you made a decision, what led you to that conclusion? Yeah, I mean, I think either way you want to take a look, whether it's from sort of client order and from a front office based view through middle and onto settlement back office functions. Or if you were really looking at it from a back office function and wanted to reverse that again through to the origin of a particular payment or compression run or you know a particular confirmation, whatever it may be, you have that ability to instantaneously see the path that that transaction took, which I think is incredibly valuable. Like I even think. You know, looking at my days on the on the vendor side, uh, providing support, that's an incredibly valuable tool for for anybody, right? In any organization, to be able to tell your clients to get on the front foot to say this is exactly where something has gone wrong, or I know exactly what to say to my client, and I'm not, I don't need to look in 17 different systems to actually find that. Same thing with a regulator. To your point, indeed, right? You. What this allows a regulator to do is to pinpoint, provided, provided they have the access, is to pinpoint exactly what they're looking at and to follow that, that trail, which is right in front of them, graphically reviewed and an easily, uh, um, you know, a, a logical view from a UI perspective uh, that allows them to get to the root of what they're actually looking for, be it, again, you know, client order, um, you know, the, the execution side of things, what, what have you. So it, it's a powerful tool. I think what's really incredible is that, you know, let's not forget that this is all built on a blockchain uh, system, mm -hmm. which adds that additional layer of trust and transparency into it. Not only is this giving you this front to back type visibility that we always talk about with lineage, but you can rely on that information. You know that this was not tampered with. And in fact, right. if it was tampered with, it would be very evident. That's absolutely correct. And I think it's a good distinction to draw, right? Because I've had multiple conversations with clients who, who might get confused by sort of the non-repudiation aspect of uh, a, a particular uh, you know, transaction via the blockchain, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that every instance that's uh, encoded in a block is accurate, it just means you can't change it, right? There's an append-only nature to this that I think sometimes gets lost. So that piece is really important to stress that, okay, you have something that's incorrect, I fat-fingered an amount, I blew through a limit, oh, wait, I got to change that. It's not like I can't change that because I'm using blockchain. It's that I just have to make my update, and then that update will then be updated as the latest block in that blockchain right? or the latest entry. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I think what you forgot to mention at the beginning in your introduction is that Mike is just an all-around nice guy and one of the coolest <laughs> dudes I've ever met. So, Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, fun. and you guys can tune in next week to Chain in the Valley where we're going to cover more hot topics in blockchain and DLT. As usual, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Music, Stitcher, and chaininthevalley.com. Join the conversation and tweet us at Piernova Inc. or Chain in Valley on Twitter. And don't forget to read Mike's amazing blog post on Medium for a deeper dive in event lineage and topics we discussed here today. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.